okay? Maybe they just want to listen. Um, today, I thought we would begin our our new decade, our new year, uh, on, a, on, a, on, on, on something that is somewhat interesting, and I thought that we could just have a discussion. I, I would have brought a guest, and we talk about a particular subject. Our, my series on politics did very well in December, but this is uh, uh, January, so we're going to start on something different. I'm calling this show, the subject is an evolving African diaspora. I don't want to restrict it to Zambian diaspora, but African, because uh, generally our cultures and our lifestyles as uh, uh, people from the continent are the same. Uh, evolving. The word evolve means develop gradually, okay? So since we crossed the Atlantic Ocean or whichever part of wherever you came from, uh, how have we how have we developed? How have we evolved? How have we integrated into the Canadian culture community? How have we integrated? For those of us who live in the U.S., it's even particularly more interesting because the lifestyle in Pennsylvania for Dr. Monsenda is somewhat not the same as I who lives in Texas or even those in, what do you call it, uh, in Atlanta and other parts. So this is the way we are going to tackle this subject, uh, Bella and everybody, uh, and uh, Noah. Those are, you are the two people that I approached that you helped me to talk about this. We're going to look at the socioeconomic aspect of uh, African diasporas evolving. We're going to look at the lifestyle as well, Roger, the family life. Because one thing that you, you, you begin to notice is that uh, uh, I was listening to a youth a group of youths, Dr. Monsanje, having a discussion. And this is the statement that one of the young people made. When I'm at home, I live in a little Africa. When I step out of the home, my parents' home, and I go to school, I'm integrating with my friends. Then I get out of this little Africa, and then I step into Texas or the United States. A very interesting statement, if you really ask me. And if you, if, if you really want to think through that, one of the things that you also notice that we've been dealing with is the issue of, in terms of the socioeconomic aspect of our landscape, of our lifestyle, career-wise. Because when we come here, you discover that uh, to be a security guard here is, I'll use the word, it's a noble job. It's not looked down upon. It is something that will be looked at as you having a job and you are making an income. You have something that helps you look and support and look after, bring something to the table for your family. Across the pond in Africa, a security guard is somebody who's despised, looked upon, old man with a dirty uniform. He's not even really even protecting you. He's just there to open maybe the gate for you and to tell and welcome people that do they have an appointment or stuff like that. Uh, let's begin from there, Noah. Does that make sense, what I just said, Noah, about uh, career stuff? Oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. That's very true. Oh, you're sounding like you're very far, Noah. Okay, let me see. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And usually kids, when they're at home, they have to behave a certain way and act a certain way. I mm -hmm. think it's true what William Shakespeare said, 
the world is a stage and everyone is an actor and you act accordingly to a given situation and environment. Mm. Act accordingly to a given situation and environment. So when we're talking about, uh, you see, the, I want us to, let's begin with this thing to do with career stuff and uh, or jobs or professions. And uh, when we come here, uh, we are bankers uh, and you know, I was talking to a friend last night about this, and they mentioned something very special to say. You see, mostly in Africa, when we come, most of us Africans, when we come here, we, we basically had professional jobs or administration jobs where we sat at the table, at the desk, and we, we were honorable, we were distinguished, we were respectful, even when relatives visited at the, uh, whatever, Findico house or... Mutondo House, Roger, we looked dignified. You come here, what, what is available? First of all, they look at your certificates from Mukuba Secondary School. They don't count. They want you to go through the education system. So you are, you are basically forced to do whatever job is available. The point is you need to provide, Roger. Well, uh, that is... Uh... That, that 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 is the 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 the, the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I want to just look at uh, the, the bigger picture. Um, yes. The way I understood your question, anyway, about the evolving, the the the, the evolving uh, diaspora. That's I, I think that's where I, I really want to just just look a little bit. Um. On the on the career side, you are you are very right. When we leave home, uh, we have all these uh, memorized certificates over here. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. They don't care for them. Uh, that that is true. On the evolving part, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had it in mind. Uh, the, the the way I, I looked at it. It is more of, I don't know if I should say, the power we, the the diaspora, are holding uh, right now. To me, when I saw your your, your headline, Uh, that's where it took me. Uh, The the evolving, uh, how much much power? Uh, do, Do we realize how much power we have? Do we realize how much influence uh, we, we have? Back in the day, uh, Dr. Nevers Mumba was on the, on the radio. He told us when they came in the diaspora, there were very few. Uh, they never mm. made any, any noise. But for us, we've become so powerful. So when I saw the evolving, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say, you, uh, and your, your questions about um, when, when we leave home uh, and, and career and stuff, uh, that one I, I also agree, but when I look at your statement, Nathan, about mm-hmm. the, the, let, the, let's go. We are, we, uh, you know, here we are not really. I am not sure if we realize how much power, uh-huh. how much power we have. That, 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 that's the way. That, that's the angle, anyway. That's a different yeah. angle. I saw your statement. It, that's interesting, Bella. Let, let's go that route that that Roger has. Uh, uh, I, I, it doesn't matter to me how you want to pick it up, but uh, he has raised two words, power and influence, okay? Um, 
I'll throw this at you, Bella, but like I'm saying, you, you, can, you can take it whichever angle you want. The issue is that when Lusambo made the statement he made, exactly. and, no, and Noah shared the statistics of the remittances that the Zambian diaspora specifically have made, is it in the past 10 years, Noah? I think from 2003, something like that. How do yeah. you, yeah? How do you connect those things together? We are not going to be rigid here. With whatever we wrote down, our little notes. It's like I always like to make this joke. Forgive me, I'm a Pentecostal pastor. It's Mr. like Wilson, you know. Even before Noah comes in, that was where my thoughts went. Yeah, I, I yeah, saw yeah. how we in the diaspora. I was in Zambia by then. I was listening mm-hmm. to Dulzambo speak on radio uh, and, and, and stuff. But the way we stood up as yes. one voice, no mm-hmm. one will mess with us again in Zambia. You know? <laughs> uh, time, time in the past, they would say, oh, remember diaspora, manifestation, not anymore. Okay, mm. not from people from the leadership. The PF had to apologize as a leadership. Somebody himself had to go and apologize as an individual. Yes. Yes. That force, that force we used on Lusambo. I end there. You end there. Yeah. All right. Now, Bella, I want you, I don't know how you want us to take this. Bella, Noah, if you want to come in it. Uh, Happy New Year, Matilda. It's good. Uh, I hope you are feeling better. Happy New Year, Dr. Uh, Happy New Year, Titus. Uh, Happy New Year, um, uh, Noel. And the, uh, so, Bella, which angle do you want to come from on this? Based on what Roger has read, like I'm saying, you see the force that we have become. Yeah, I'm trying. At the moment, I can't think of the angle. Yeah, I'm okay. Just trying let, to digest what Mr. Rogers said. Yeah, while, while Bella is digesting what has been said, let me come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I think uh, we in the diaspora, I think we sort of flexed our muscle a little bit, and I think mm-hmm. the government back home and also the people here in the, I mean, in the Americas and other parts of the world, I think mm. they were happy with the position that we took. So let me back up a little bit. So when it comes to the local leadership or the ZANUS platform that we are sharing, myself and Bella and the other presidents, so yes. when the unfortunate remarks were made by the by the minister, there was a lot of um, audio messages which were sent back and forth. I think people were upset and some people reached out to me complaining like, hey, look at what they are saying and what, what, what is the leadership going to do about it? So mm-hmm. that is when... So when, when, when they were saying the leadership, what were, who were they referring to? Who, who were they referring to when they said the leadership? Yeah, so like if I'll speak for my Indiana here, number one. There, okay. there are a few people who reached out to me and expressing because they know that I'm part of the, the leadership with the other associations and also with our mm-hmm. Zen here. So a few people reached out to express concern 
and saying, hey, what, what's going on with this and what is, what is, how are we going to respond? So there mm. were a number of women actually who work in these living jobs who I think they took those remarks very, I mean, they were very unwelcome remarks and they were mm-hmm. very frustrated. So in order to take a position and a stance, we wanted to face number one to ensure that the community here and across the, the U.S., is that we have taken the response to sort of uh, mitigate the negativity which was being, I mean, shared on social media and these audio messages back and forth. Yeah. So when we responded as a group to uh, the minister in Zambia, and we sort of also attached our remittances, so it shows that when we act collectively, because I think just like to Roger. Uh, when Dr. Mumba was here back in those days, there were less Zambians, mm-hmm. but now I think we have sort of regrouped and we have formed these groups, these associations, and the Zambia Block Talk Radio and all these Zambian platforms that we have. So the Zambian government was forced to respond because we took a group approach to 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 tackle the issue. And I yes. think we tackled the issue very well, and at the same time, our people here it sort of pacified or put an end to those audio messages which were being sent back and forth. Because when we put out that response and it was shared with the Zambian media back in Zambia and the mm-hmm. government also, because I myself copied the vice president, I copied the, some of the local medias in Zambia and yes. also the embassy back here, I mean, up here in Washington, D.C. So when uh-huh. we put out that, that letter out there, then it sort of solicited a response from the or necessitated a response from the government. And I, I even shared on the Zambia Block Talk Radio that I think Sande Chanda, the press secretary for PF, was yes, actually yeah. willing even to come to discuss and sort of address because the advantage that we have in the diaspora is that we have the financial power because the 107 million approximately, it was only last year. So over time, from 2003, the figures that I actually had to subscribe to some of these, I mean, resource centers to get those figures. So from 2003, I think it has been steadily increasing. So the most Mm -hmm. money that we've sent to Zambia was last year. So when the government, I think they were able to see that, oh, no, no, these people, at the end of the day, they are more organized than like the people back home because people back home, of course, they don't have the financial power. But when we spoke up collectively, it also informed our people here that, oh, at least the leadership took a response and the government had to respond. So I think on that one itself, it shows that I think if we work more together, we have this at least one voice, I think it's going to help us in the future. So I think that's what I would say at, uh, about the, the remarks by the minister and our joint response. It made a number of people happy because they saw that at least uh, we took a positive action and we even had that radio show. Okay. So this okay. You see, from that angle, please, if there's background in your noise, just mute yourself. Okay, so you see, from that angle, and like for the sake of those who may not be following what is happening here, uh, one of the Zambian ministers made a comment despising the very jobs that I listed that 
uh, uh, people do here in the diaspora as we come here and we integrate in the communities we live. So it backfired on him and on the entire government based on the points that Roger is making about influence and power. So Bela, based on, okay, on, on the statement now, I'm sure it's in perspective, based on the statement that Roger has made and the explanation that Noah has made, it takes us back again to the same point, everybody, like I was saying. The janitorial jobs, the CNA job that the minister despised and said, oh, we just clean toilets and things like that. These very jobs which I mentioned, which are despised across the Atlantic, empower us financially to be able to do the things that we do. What is the significance of us getting ourselves organized better and stop the petty politicking that is going on in our communities? Okay. Yeah, I think the, the main value, as you said, is it's like really to governize the, the community for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I like that. When we're working, as Noah said, uh, we have influence. Just because of the way we are organized, we are able to organize mm. ourselves very quickly. So we can definitely use that as a force to governize change in any area that we see are necessary. Right, well, mm. Thanks for the donation. Yeah. Have a question, okay? Yeah, that, that, so, that is a yeah, that's a bit, mm, that's okay. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I'm just trying to because it's a very broad topic, and I'm trying to narrow it as much as I can. Yeah, but that's the main thing, is like really galvanizing ourselves uh, for change. Um, oh. Because like we always admire what other communities are doing, but that doesn't preclude us from doing uh, the very same thing that other communities do. Uh, uh-huh. A good example is like here in Georgia, we have a lot of refugees that come here. And you know, yes. some of them maybe were doctors in their country or engineers that they come here and they have to become janitors or security mm. guards, as you said. So there's that element of depression that sets in and, you know, alcoholism kicks in and suicide also kicks in. I don't think we as Africans in general are immune to those same effects. Mm-hmm. So definitely like, some communities have responded like, to help uh, communities, I mean, help immigrants adjust to the new way of living in the country. And just let them know, you know, it's not the end of the world. You can still do what you used to do back home. It just requires uh, more training. So definitely, yeah, governizing ourselves for for change. You see, that point that you have raised, Dr. Gajila will be coming to you. I know you're on the road, but I, I want you to get yourself, set yourself to say something here. Noel, Happy New Year. I know you're walking or you are, I know you're a busy man. You, 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 you listen to what the, the colleagues have said here. Uh, now? Yes. Yeah, good morning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you listen to, you see, the, Bell has raised a very important point here, and he used the word galvanize the community for change. Okay? Yeah, I mean, it's not a secret. I know you are very politically active and involved. I'm not giving away your party affiliation. I just said you're politically active and involved. We all are anyway, whether we like it or not. To what extent can we galvanize ourselves? Noel? I think we can galvanize ourselves to the highest level as long as our goal is, is the same. 
if 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 our cry is the same, our thought mm-hmm. and our ideal is the same, and we came together, just like we were talking about the minister, we can yes. change whatever is in front of us. Uh, let mm-hmm. me give a quick let me just give a quick example of how some people in the diaspora galvanized and spoke on Bill Ten. That is just one mm-hmm. other example you you could look around. People galvanized themselves and spoke against it. People in Zambia and in diaspora. So that also had an effect on the people that we voted for in power to look back and say, maybe we don't need to do this. So whenever there's a, uh, um, uh, uh, a goal that we all agree with and we all galvanize ourselves and speak on mm-hmm. it, I think we, we can be such a force. That's number one. Number two, also, let's not forget that also as individuals in diaspora, we mm-hmm. also have our duty to do that. Let me, say, let, let me just give an example. of If you went on Facebook, Nathan, and spoke about a certain issue, it won't only be Nathan and Karma, but Nathan and Karma who is in Dallas. If Roger yes. went and spoke, Roger, Ro, Roger Charlie from Canada. So even as individuals, we also have that power to say, okay, me as an individual who is abroad, is speaking on this. So we can look at it on both sides. We can governize as a group, and also we can speak up as individuals representing the diaspora. Matilda, I like, I like what, uh, what, 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 <laughs> I, I like what, uh, no, what's happening to my memory with the names? I like what Noel has said. Roger in You are not just speaking as Matilda. You are speaking as Matilda in the U.S. You are not just speaking as Mweti. You are speaking as Mweti in England. You are not just speaking as Andrew, who our, our, one of our great partners and friends of this show in Australia. You are not just speaking as Andrew. You are speaking as Andrew in Australia. Mr. Sakala in Japan. What, how significant is that, Matilda? Um, good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Uh, it's very significant, Nathan, in the sense that we should remember that whereas we are here, we are representing our countries. We are ambassadors in our own status or rights. We are representing mm-hmm. our country, and what we say does have weight. That's why sometimes when you're in leadership and you make a statement on social media that is personal and to yourself and it's fun or funny or maybe inappropriate, people will view you and weigh you and say, hey, you are representing these other people behind you. So sometimes that it carries too much weight. But I did want mm-hmm. to say on the remarks that had been made, mm-hmm. they were very but at the same time, I'm glad that they were saved because it brought that unity that you and uh, Noah and everybody else, Bella, have talked about. It brought a certain unity and that strength that you had introduced at the beginning of the show. There's strength in numbers. At the uh-huh. same time, it could also be something that we can step back. The leaders uh, that um, are here on the radio in our different groups, whether it's church groups, associations, associations coming together, groups like OZA and so on, we should be able to start having conversations that are 
amongst ourselves that are empowering us, empowering our children. We, mm-hmm. I think we generally, people are here at different status, they do different jobs, and we're not knocking down any job. If you're able to make an, an uh, um, a means to mm-hmm. an end with that, pay your, pay your bills, support whoever and however, good on mm-hmm. you. At the same time, mm-hmm. we're in the country of opportunity. So let's take advantage. If we can't do it, let's encourage our children. If we look in our family line and say, tomorrow I'm a doctor, family, encourage your child to be one. You know, Uh but if your child decides to be a performing artist, that's fine too. This is the country of opportunity. Let's take advantage of that. But yes, we have power. We can influence. With social media, it's giving us a... um, an opportunity to motivate, inspire others in our homes, abroad, and at home. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. It's good to hear your voice and you're feeling better. Dr. Gajira, let's go to the, let's take this on the African continent in general. You are aware of what happened when the African Union terminated Ambassador Chiombori's uh, tenure at, uh, as ambassador to the U.S. and the U.N., what did that reflect? The way the diaspora responded in, in light of the statement that Roger made, what message did that send, the way the, community, the African community re- responded? Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, yeah, it was overwhelming. I think I can't remember the exact numbers. Uh, that uh, demanded for reinstatement of Dr. Chimbo or Ikwan. Uh-huh. But it was a huge number. And uh, uh-huh. what I loved about it is that we came together as diasporans, irrespective of which country we come from. So there was a sense yes. of unity, unity among the diaspora in that response. And, and the question we should ask ourselves is why? Why was that there such an overwhelming response? It's because of the effect that uh, the message that the, the doctor, uh, the doctor, the ambassador was spreading was that of exactly using the word that um, uh, that um, uh, I think one of our colleagues mentioned galvanizing. She mm-hmm. has been pushing the idea of galvanizing the diaspora. Mm-hmm. because of the potential that the diaspora has. And I think that alludes to what um, Roger talked about earlier, um, about the power of influence. For me, I like, I, I like your use of evolving, because yes. it speaks to the fact that we are not yet there, that we exactly. have potential to be better. Yes, we are, may have power, but to me, that power is not yet there. The power is a potential, right? Yes, we mm-hmm. have a certain element of influence right now, but it could be bigger and better. And yeah, so I yeah. think um, a lot of my colleagues and my friends have already talked about power in unity, individual, representation, all those adjectives that uh, talk about what we can do to evolve into a more effective uh, force. And uh, mm. just, just to finish it off, 
for me, I see the diaspora becoming a very big political influence in Africa too. Absolutely. Because, yeah, because it's not just the money. Money is definitely one of them. But it's also the the influence in that pushing Africa towards a certain direction. Because mm-hmm. after diaspora, if we talk unity out here in, in the diaspora, that unity will be reflected back home. And so people back home will realize that we are actually bigger, more powerful as a continent than we like to believe. That with that mm-hmm. mental slavery that has held us since uh, we were colonized and enslaved, has to be, the shackles have to be thrown away. So, uh, like Bella said, this is a huge topic. We can uh, spend the whole day talking about it, but Bella mentioned galvanizing, and I, and I think there's a potential there. Uh, yeah. But yeah. organizing ourselves um, in various groups uh, is very effective, but we need to find out how to then, we then get those separate groups to come together under one umbrella and become this powerful force. Uh, things like a bank where we can put money and that mm-hmm. money can force governments to say, look, you, you, you have to show that you have democracy. You have to show before we give you money. So I see a lot of potential, but I don't want to go too far into it. Thanks, thanks for the opportunity, by the way. Excellent, excellent, excellent. That's it. You listen to Zambia Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to 2020. Welcome to a new decade. Welcome to a new time schedule. Please follow us on Facebook, Zambia Block Talk Radio. We'd like to hear from you, and we want to, you to be part of our global family. We are also on Twitter, Zambia Block Radio. Now, as we continue this discussion, I, I want us to switch gears here. I, I, I want us to switch gears here. One of the things that the African Union has done is to try and tap into the diaspora community and try to... Uh, sort of get, apart from the remittances we are making, but try to sort of cause us to have a mind change towards directing our investments and taking part in the development process of our of our countries back in Africa. Um, those of us that have got children on this forum, Kelvin, um, this is no, no, no. This is Pianki. Pianki, happy new year. Happy New Year, Nathan. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, uh, you joined us, and uh, the coffee is already brewing here. We, we, we're making progress and moving along. One of the things, Roger, um, you and, and your wife have a son. He's now in college. Uh, here is a question that I, I want us to switch gears here and talk about the investment aspect and of this. Your son is growing up, is being raised in Canada. You make trips to Africa, to Zambia in particular. You have, I don't know what happened. I think you went and shut down your business venture and stuff like that. So should you invest here or should you invest back home? Should you buy a home in Canada? Should you buy a home in Zambia? Should you do what in Canada? Should you do what in Zambia? How 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 are you? How should you approach that as a person who's got two places where you live? If I may put it that way. 
to invest in here or to invest back home? Well, uh, in my next um, uh, discussion, I'm going to mm-hmm. be looking at the opportunities and the challenges which we uh, we face. Uh, I was in Zambia, as you mm-hmm. rightly said. Um, while in Lusaka, I did uh, one hectare of uh, sweet potatoes in okay. um, in Solwezi. Um, I'm trying to do a project uh, because of the food the food crisis we are having in in, in the country. Uh, should the people and animals be competing for for maize? To me, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So my discussion with fellows in Osaka is that if we can find sponsors, mm-hmm. uh, the Chinese are the largest producers of sweet potatoes in the world, and yet wow. they don't eat the sweet potatoes. They use it for stock feed. Why can't we do the same? Uh, Northwestern province, where I come from, a lot of rain there. No excuse for that. So that's I'm doing a project like that. One hectare just like that. I went one month. There is a land there. We are doing Another hectare uh, they are doing right now is for, for beans. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday I was thinking to myself, where can I go in Canada, just find an hectare like that? I start to okay. plant sweet potatoes, or I start to plant uh, beans. So those are the opportunities, Nathan. We find back home which are not available over here. Having said that, there are also opportunities over here uh, uh-huh. which uh, if you explore them very well, uh, be it in real estate, uh, other investment portfolios, which you can invest in. So this is why the diaspora are a unique people, especially some yeah. of us, not our children, who only know one country. We, the grown-ups, we know what advantages advantages or what things we can take advantage of uh, back home. We know what we can take advantage of uh, over here. Uh, financing is one of them. It is cheaper to borrow over here uh, than, than home. Well, home, it is cheaper to get land than over here. So all those things, to me, it is not a question nothing of saying I'll invest here, but when mm-hmm. you do your analysis, you find and say, okay, on, on, on this element, I think I'm, I'm better off doing it in Canada. But trust me, Nathan, with everything we have seen here, when you go back home in Zambia, this is not being done, this is not being done, this is an opportunity, this is an opportunity, this is an opportunity. There is much more opportunity back home. I think, uh, rather than fighting with Walmart over here. <laughs> okay, Noah, you've got children. And you are telling them that you're buy, buying land in Zambia and you're going to build a house or a block of flats. And your son responds and says, Dad, we live here. Why build in Zambia? Your response. Yeah, th- thank you for that uh, important question. Yeah, I think it's a challenge for some of us, of course, with kids here, kids born in this country. And then, of course, we grew up on the other side. So it creates some sort of like two-dimensional approach to any situation because you Mm -hmm. have to look at when I get to a certain age, do I want to be in this country as for me, I'm like, okay, I'm giving myself a time frame. 
when I get to a certain age, I have to go back to the land. And mm. for my kids at the same time, I'm like, no, no, I have to have a house for them up here so that they have an option because they have been born here, raised here, go to school here. So the only item or the only thing that they know for them is this country. So I cannot really be selfish and say, okay, we'll just go back home. But I'm just leaving those options open for for my kids up here and also to have something also going on. Just like Roger, I also have a, a, a farm in in Sulawesi. I, I wish I knew that mm-hmm. Roger was going to Sulawesi. Yeah, I have a little piece of land there. Yeah, so no, let, let me just go back and... Connect a few. Well, what, what's here. happening at the farm? Are you also growing sweet potatoes like to compete with the Chinese? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I'm actually hoping to venture into fish farming. Uh, okay. uh, my farm is, I think, maybe 80 kilometers from the Congo DR border. So I'm oh. not too far from Congo, and I think I'm, I know food situation that side is not really. Good and, and and again we're having these challenges in Zambia. I think the rains and all that. But yeah, so my uh, I have a little. I think it's a it's a ten hectare farm. So let me not waste people's time or, or, or with that. So I just wanted to connect a few dots when it comes to living in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and also the evolving how we have evolved and things like that. So I think one of the most important things that we need to understand before we come up with the strategies which I usually call them secondary approach to addressing some of these challenges is to understand that I think when we call ourselves as a community, we have to Uh understand that a community is a group of people who relate to each other in a particular sort of way. So it's through relating to each other in a particular sort of way and perceiving and understanding each other in a particular and interacting also at the same time with each other in a particular sort of way, you create a group. And that group, in other ways, it's also it eventually it's considered to be a culture. Because I think as Zambians in the diaspora, what we have not really narrowed down correctly and precisely is that we have to understand what is our purpose for being in the USA. So we have to define our culture so that it's in line with what are the challenges uh, that we are facing and how are we going to, I mean, overcome them. Because a culture is measured in terms of does it meet our needs. So when I, when we look at our communities here in the U.S., I mean, uh, I, I, including Canada, mm-hmm. you find that Zambians tend to act in sort of an individualistic approach because Identity is a cultural product. In this society, we stress individualism, but there is no such thing as an individual. And an individual is a social fiction or a type of label we use but does not exist in reality. The thing we call an individual is simply a synthesis of social experiences, a unique combination of having our, ex- our interaction with others and having undergone social experiences. I have said on this show time and time again that a culture is a set of values to meet the needs and to solve the problems confronting a people. So when you look at Zambians here in the U.S. or in the diaspora, we know the problems that we're facing, but have we come up collectively to address those challenges? The answer is no. 
because most okay. people tend to act in, in, in an individual capacity. So I know, I, I mean, I can take a lot of time, but I know... Yes, yes, it's sort of a, like, time. like everybody has said, Dr. Gajira, everybody's agreeing, this is a very broad subject. And for everyone yeah. listening, if it sounds like we are shooting in different directions, it's intentional because, you see, when you are talking about things like this, things will come up. For me, as a takeaway as we go along, Alan, get ready to respond to this. What type of conversations are you having with your children concerning investment? Because I know you travel a lot to Africa as well and even to South America. So when you're talking about investment, Alan, uh, your kids, what type of conversations are you having? They're growing up here. Why are you building? I'm still going to push this question. Why are you building a house in Zambia? Before Alan responds, let, let me let everybody know. Please note our schedule has changed to 10 a.m. Eastern. And also, before the end of January, I'm going to start a new show on Sunday called The Entrepreneur. On this show, I'll be hosting diaspora residents who are running their own businesses. You are self-employed. We want you to come and share with us how did you step out of your job to start what you are doing. I'm talking about people like Mweti Momba, in UK, who is running his own healthcare business? I'm talking about Yamunsha, who Canada, who runs his own law firm. Those are the kinds of people. There are so many Zambians across the world who are running their own thing. If you know them, please tell them about it. Tell me, connect me to them. We want to bring them on this show, and we want them to share what it takes to be your own employer or to run your own thing in an unfamiliar territory. Okay. We need to stay Roger, what time are you in today? I mean, uh, Nathan, what time do you end today? At 10? In f- on top of the hour. On top of the hour, I'm ending. No, and there, then there is the- another one coming after Nathan. So we'll end uh, I wanted to ask one hour, 15 this, minutes from this now. discussion here if you, when you uh-huh. get done with Alan. Okay, okay, yeah. So, Alan, uh, you, everybody who heard what I'm saying, you schedule new things coming up and stuff like that, and we want to be very visible on social media. Alan, what type of conversation are you having with your kids as far as investment <laughs> is concerned? Yeah. Well, uh, first, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, it, it, we, I think those of us who are first generation out of uh, Zambia being in a, in a foreign country, mm-hmm. it's a uh, very, uh, uh, sometimes, depending on your outlook. Sometimes it could be challenging. Sometimes it could be a very optimistic position because on one hand, uh, like somebody asked, why did I leave Zambia to come here? Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife reminds me of that. Why did I leave Zambia to come here? Uh, Every time I think, man, sometimes you've been around in Zambia. But why did you leave to come here? So uh, we came for opportunity. You know, it's, it's opportunity. It's for me to give my children a better start, better chances, better opportunities, um, and then also uh, so that I can reach back and help the people back home. You know, one mm-hmm. of the driving forces for me, who is always wanting to do business in Zambia, at the time I was everything you wanted to do, you had to fight somebody. It seems like every angle you had to be crooked in a way to do business. Now I understand there are people who do straight business, for the most part from where I was standing, that was kind of like the outlook. But I think U.S. gives you an opportunity if you're 
conversation I was at a, a a Nigerian restaurant here in, in Louisiana and uh-huh. they had a wedding for her son and you had people that came from Canada and I don't know if this one boy little boy I was talking to whether he was a, they were, his father was from Zambia or Nigeria but anyway we were uh-huh. talking and I asked him I said are you going back to your father's home he said no this was a little boy. He said, yeah. I'm Canadian. He said, I'm Canadian. And I had a discussion with the AU when they first began this issue about the sixth region. I used to get up 2 o'clock in the morning and have to call over to Addis Ababa. Because you had African Americans was happy as heck. Oh, we get mm-hmm. to have a seat on the AU. We're the diaspora. I said, well, I asked him, I said, who is the diaspora? I was asking the AU. Nathan, Roger, Alan, Noah, Mr. Kasongo, you are the diaspora. Your children will no longer be the diaspora. Why? Because, Nathan, your children are American citizens. And just as you're floating this question out there to them about moving back to Zambia, well, the answer is usually going to be, you may have some some rare occasions. 
The answer mm. is no, I'm an American citizen. Now, as far as like Roger was talking about, the sweet potatoes, you recognize the opportunities back in Zambia, which mm-hmm. rightfully you should. But here's another point, too. The best position to be in is have a very viable business going on here in the United States. I can't speak on Canada or the U.K. And you use that business as a hub to project yourself back home highly efficient. Other than that, you do what you're doing is sending remittances back home, going back home, and help work and uh, make improvements in your village. Uh, I mean, that's the conclusion that I came up with. My grandson, as strong as I am on Africa, I own property in Africa, as a matter of fact, in Zambia, too. My mm-hmm. grandson told me, Papa, I'm an American. Mm-hmm. Highly respected of me. I'm an American. So it's very difficult to take kids that's raised in America under today's pressures and peer pressures mm-hmm. and take them back to an African country today and ask them, do they want to stay here? Exactly. Well, they're going to tell you no. Okay, yeah. everybody brace yourselves. Rodney, Rodney is about to speak. Rodney, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, all. I, I, I missed you guys. I, I hate yeah. I didn't get a chance to come to Dallas to meet you all individually. But I think you're missing a critical point with the diaspora. Diaspora mm-hmm. is a state of mind. You guys are talking in limitations to say choose either American culture or African culture. We all come from some culture in Africa. We're concentrating on Zambia itself, so therefore the state of mind is Zambian in the diaspora for what the purpose is. There's no limit to what you guys are trying to do. Now, Fianchi always stresses principle. I love the way he thinks, but it's universal. It can be used anywhere you go, but your culture is your culture, and don't ever limit that. There's mm. where I'm at. Excellent, excellent. Well, everybody, like I said, brace yeah. yourself when Rodney Lucas makes a point. Um, as we are ending here, uh, we have one of our young guys here. Um, Yona, are you able to talk? Okay, uh, but you need to be a little louder. I want you to have the final word on this. Everybody, Yona is our youngest uh, participant here. Uh, with all what you have heard, what do you have to say as we conclude? Um, so I forgot the second to last guy, what he said about having a hub and having that support you and then going to Africa and actually using that money you have as your, you know, financing uh, that's kind of what I'm doing. So with me, of course, you know, opportunity is in Africa. But mm-hmm. in order for me to take advantage of that opportunity in Africa, I need money. And the U.S. Yeah. dollar is the most valuable currency. So if I, you know, leave my businesses out here in America generating me U.S. dollars, you know, U.S. dollars compared to, uh, you know, African currencies, I would have a lot, I would have, have, I would have access to a lot more capital. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what I'm, that's the approach I'm taking. 
But with me, I'm more of a digital entrepreneur. So I make money through software and, you know, taking advantage of the market and creating software for companies to use. So if I set stuff up in Africa, that's like a big opportunity. But, Mm. you know, what everyone is doing with communities and trying to get everybody involved. And uh, I believe you guys are talking about, what's that word again? Uh, Evolving. Say that again? You're talking about the word evolve, evolving? No, I'm sorry. Uh, let me check. I wrote it down. I was taking notes. <laughs> oh, you guys okay. were talking about galvanizing. Yes, galvanizing. Yes. Um, it's, it's, you guys talked about it a lot, so I'm trying to just make it quick. For sure, what you guys do as adults, inspire, you know, people like me and, you know, younger entrepreneurs or younger people that want to be the same. And the fact that I see you guys holding conferences, you guys having radio shows, it makes me want to work harder to help, you know, just do my part to help you guys achieve your goals and building up Africa or whatever we're doing. And mm-hmm. It's it's exciting and it's motivating and then of course you know when other people see young kids doing it like when I when I talk to like my young African friends they it motivates them because they see me doing it and I see mm-hmm. you guys doing it so it also trickles down on what everyone is doing in the community and once people see people helping more people are more inclined to help. Okay, excellent. It's a broad subject. Everybody, welcome to a new decade. Welcome to a new year. Welcome to a new schedule. Send a friend a text message that the time has changed at Zambia Block Talk Radio. We want to incorporate and encourage everybody to participate. Please, coming up in a few minutes here is Roger. He's got a lot of stuff to download. Next week, next week, the people that donated the fire equipment to the first lady want to come and explain themselves. They've requested the show so that they come and explain themselves. Thank you. Let's go back in. Azati kumbukila oye Chifu kwa lelo Bantu bonse basowe saulemu Atate mwe 